before we read God's word together, let's just pray and ask him for help. Father, we're so grateful that you've given us your word, that you speak to us today. We're so grateful that your word is alive and active and that it works in us to change us. And as we read it together just now and hear it taught, Father, we ask that the spirit of Jesus would be opening our eyes, our hearts, our minds to understand it and to be changed and to reflect your light and your glory. For your name we pray. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the Old Testament, from the book of Jeremiah, and we are reading in chapter 18, verses 1 to 10. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do that with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, and if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Our second reading is from the New Testament. We're reading in Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 to 8. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. 
If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, my name is Colin Brown, I'm a retired minister of the United Free Church and I'm not going to ask you to tell me how many birthdays you think I've had. (laughs) The time passes quickly and here we are, the first week of uh, 2024 has uh, almost, almost gone. So just another 51 weeks to go till New Year and actually... (laughs) I don't, I don't want to depress you, but 11 weeks today is Easter Sunday. We do have one extra day before then being an, a, a leap year. But as Matthew said, this is the first time we've, we've come together to, to worship um, as a congregation this, this year. So I don't think it's, it's too late to ask the question, what do you want to get out of this coming year? Perhaps we have particular hopes of things we expect may happen. Maybe we have ambitions of things we hope to achieve. Maybe we have something that we we hope will will develop in, in our lives. We will have our own individual thoughts and plans. Or maybe there's something in particular that we're looking forward to this coming year. It's maybe a big wedding, an important birthday, maybe a new job, a new home, whatever. We may have particular things that we're looking forward to. Maybe it's a holiday, maybe it's something else. For me, early late July, early August, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I have an exclusive use of the remote claimed and my place on the sofa assured so I can watch, that's not it. The Paris Olympics is the answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I can say that quite clearly because um, my wife's got the cold and she's not here and she might dispute my claims to the remote and my place in the sofa for those two weeks. And I could take this opportunity of telling you about my own personal excitement and taking part in the Olympic Games and being present and competing there. I could tell you that, but I have to say it's, if you were here last Sunday or have listened to the sermon, it's as much a figment of my imagination as the four minute mile is of Dave's. (laughs) So it didn't happen. I would have liked it to happen, but it didn't happen. Perhaps we're more spiritually minded than that and we're looking forward to uh, how we can grow and develop spiritually in the coming year. The, 
the development of our lives as new creations, as, as people who have been given new life in Christ, is important. It is, as we were thinking about with the children, that is the growth that we seek in our lives. But how do we ensure that happens? We might be just as, as failing in that as we are in all the other resolutions that we, we make. Uh, when it comes to resolutions, perhaps I should make a confession that in my years in ministry, one of the cruelest things I ever did was get the congregation to write down all their New Year's resolutions and then read them back to them at the end of the, the year. Fortunately, very few people could actually remember what their resolution had been at the beginning of the year. We, we fail in so many ways and sometimes our intentions, whatever time of year it is, to become more spiritual, to grow in our spiritual lives, to become more faithful in, in our scripture readings, in our times of quietness, that these things fall by the wayside, just like so many of our other good intentions. We are human, and, and we, we, we are new creations, but that human element is still there, causing us to fail. But we have been given a new life in Christ. And how do we see that working out day by day throughout this, this coming year? We may try to improve our spiritual lives, try to ensure that the new life that we've been given looks very different from the old life, but we may not succeed. Because what we need, in fact, is not to try and transform or improve ourselves, but it is, as we were thinking about, and as these passages uh, speak to us of, it is about letting God work within us and transform us to be the people he would have us be. Jeremiah gives us that wonderful image of the potter and the wheel. Now, the passage there is, is not an encouraging one for the people of Israel because it implies that what they are is completely wrong. God has chosen these people. He brought them out of slavery in Egypt. He gave them a, a promised land. They were his special people, his chosen people. And yet they, they turned from him. They worshipped idols. They broke his laws. They rejected him. And so God's saying through the prophet, I have the right to take you as a piece of clay and, and break you. And he could have done that. He could have broken the people. He could have discarded them. But instead, he was broken for them and for us. The power of the sacrifice he made on the cross. So he hasn't broken us. He hasn't discarded us. But he will reshape us and model us. He will, he will take us to be the, the, the people that 
that we want to be, or perhaps more importantly, that he wants us to be. It's a good image because we realize that we are all imperfect, cracked vessels with, with flaws and we need to be remolded. We need to be new creations. We need to have that new life that he has given to us. So to be molded and shaped and changed by him. So in Romans 12, uh, we do get this, this instruction here. Don't conform to the pattern of, the, of this world, but be transformed. Note, don't try to transform yourself, but be transformed. Be transformed by the presence of Christ working in our lives. Remolding, giving us that complete change of mind that we need. It's a change of outlook, of mental attitude, of, of, way, of the way we view life. That's what we have within the new life we're, we're given. Different from the world outside. You know, in our daily living, most of us don't look or perhaps act very differently from, from most of the other people who are not Christians who round about us. But we have a different mindset, and that's what we need God to be working within us to create. A different outlook, a change of mind, transforming us, so that we become the kind of people, the kind of disciples that he, he would have us be. Now, we, we are human, and we look at things from a very human perspective. So the problem is, when we want to, to become better Christians, to put it in, in, in a way which, which I think you might take issue with anyway, but, but if we want to improve our Christian lives, we, this remodeling does need to come from God because we, just like other people, can have very strange ideas as to what Christians should be like. I have heard people who have refused to do something or have done something on principle because they're Christians. And, and people's, other people's response is, well, they're supposed to be Christians. That's not very Christian-like. When actually it has been. Because their idea of what a Christian should be is very different from what it really should be. This may be less true now, but I, I recall uh, growing up that there were people who who, whose idea of what Christians should be was about people who didn't do anything at all on a Sunday, went to every church meeting that was going, tended to wear pretty old-fashioned clothes, didn't ever touch alcohol or go to the pictures or the movies. So that, that was the image that people had. People that were generally pretty miserable but that's not what we are as Christians. So we need to make Christ at the very heart and center of our lives to experience that fullness of new life that he gives to us. 
We need him to shape us to be what we ought to be. Not what we think we should be, but what he wants us to be. And that change may or may not take place quickly. It may be a gradual process, as, as Matthew alluded to. Our growth is not, it's not something that happens overnight. We don't suddenly become perfect beings when we accept Christ. It's an ongoing work of Christ and his spirit within us, changing us. But how do we create the conditions to allow that to happen? Paul says, be transformed. So how can we make that happen? Well, one of the things we need to do is to listen. To listen to God. Sometimes our lives are full of our demands, our talk, our thoughts, our ideas. Sometimes our lives are filled with, with trivial and mundane things, and sometimes deliberately so. Sometimes, rather than sit down and really think and, and wait and listen and reflect on God, reflect on his word, sometimes we choose to go for the trivial things. Sometimes, rather than spend that still, quiet time waiting on God, we're just taken up with that, that video game or that, that thing we saw on YouTube that we'd like to go and look at again or that television program we want to watch or some little obsession that we have. And we're not making room in our lives for God. We're not listening to him. We need to make the space Give them the time and create the space in our lives to allow him to work. And what does that look like? Because some people, there were people here who followed Christ for many years and still feel that there's still much that needs to be changed within us. We are not always the best judges of our own spiritual journey. Thankfully, it is God that's in control of that. Uh, it's an ongoing process, and we can easily slip back. And that's what happens when we, we let our life be full of these trivial things and we push God to the side. Key to be transformed to experiencing the fullness of the new life we have been given in Christ is to keep him at the center of all that we are every day. Listening to hear what he's saying, reading the scriptures, serving him, worshiping him, gathering in fellowship so that he is there always, more, more in our lives. All of us, no matter how far advanced we think we are in our Christian life or, 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 or otherwise, we need to give that time to set aside from the, the, the trivial, to meet with God, 
reading the scriptures, not just as, a, you know, we, we, we're part of our human nature. You know, we've got to read our Bible passage for the day. And we're a busy day and we've got all these other things to do. So we sit down and we read it as quickly as we can and then get on with the other things. And we feel happy because we've done our bit. But we've not actually listened to hear what God's saying. We've not actually given him the room, the space to come to us and transform us. Even when we come to worship, we can be full of our minds, can be full of other things, and it's hard to block out the, the world. But we need to wait quietly to allow God to speak. That is how we are strengthened and renewed. That wonderful verse at the end of Isaiah 40 about waiting on the Lord and you will be renewed. You will rise on wings like, like eagles. Waiting quietly for God to speak. We're not in a world that, that likes silence, but just sitting in silence. Not with our demands, not with, with, with lots of complaints to God. But sometimes it's okay to complain to God and let our, our feelings be known. But sometimes just to still be still and listen. Sometimes... We may hear the still, small voice speaking to us. Sometimes we may not. And even if we don't, maybe in that time something has occurred that the next day someone says something to us, so, some event happens and we realize, yes, God has been speaking to us. He is at work. But if our hearts are closed, our minds consumed with other things, our ears not listening. We will not hear. Sometimes we may think God is not speaking to us at all, that we have heard nothing from him. But all the time he is there, working away within our lives, breaking us sometimes, remaking us, molding us, shaping us into being the people he intends us to be. <laughs> this gift of new life that we have been given is, is a wonderful gift that we can, we can enjoy. In John 10, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. But it's life found only in him. A new life given to us. So we need to take these things. Yes, fellowship, meeting with other Christians, sharing with other Christians, worshipping with other Christians. Yes, reading the scriptures carefully, thoughtfully, pray prayerfully, praying with our confessions, our, our, our requests, our, our praise, but praying also with stillness, waiting and listening. Praying with others and praying alone. And sometimes, whatever families we have, whatever friends we have, sometimes we just need to be alone with God. Maybe a, a, a walk, 
Emily referred to in, in the prayer that we might, in the beauty of creation, we might take that opportunity of communing with the creator. Not just enjoying the, the, the beauty, but being with him. Making him there at the focus of our minds and thoughts. And this is, this is harder than we realize because we are busy. We have lots of things going on in our lives. And it's much more difficult in, in a modern world to, to shut everything off and, and out. But sometimes we need to do that and let God work in us and form us into the people we should be. Through Jesus and because of his great sacrifice, we can do this. There is power in that sacrifice that he made. There is wonder in the resurrection as he came back from the grave. We have been given an opportunity not to be miserable people who are going around with, with, with lots of restrictions in our lives, but people full of joy and hope and love when God fills our lives. The challenge for each of us is to accept this new life fully and allow him to come and work within us and transform our lives. Wherever you are on your Christian journey, that is essential. It's essential for all of us. Can I say that one of, the, one of the worst professions you can have, and others who've been there might agree with this, for, for finding time to be alone and, 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 and spend with God is, 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 is in the ministry because you're, you're so concerned about, about the things you have to do and about, hopefully, concerned about other people and their spiritual well-being. But all of us need that time with God a challenge for us to be transformed by him and so we experience the fullness of Christ in our lives. We're going to, to sing again in just a moment, but I wonder if just before we do that, just together as, as, as a congregation of God's people gathered here, that we can just take maybe just one minute of stillness, quietness and silence where we all just try to, to, to focus upon God. So let's just bow our heads and close our eyes so we can shut everything else out and focus on God. Loving Father, we know you are here with us. We know that you are here to have fellowship with us, 
to speak to us. May each of our hearts and lives be open to you. May we hear and know what you have to say. May we go from here knowing we have been in your presence. And may you come to each of us, working within us, transforming us, molding us like the potter at his wheel into the people we should be. In Jesus' name, amen.